Hey everyone, this is Joe from the Modern Heathen Man. I want to welcome you to the podcast today. I want to talk today, it being Tears Day and the Day of Justice, a little bit about marriage. <laughs> I know this is a controversial subject, and I think it's one that most of us heathen people um, that are married or have a significant other deal with on a daily basis. Um, the trials, the tribulations, the love, the happiness, the downfalls, the pitfalls, the hate, the passion, and whatever else you want to call it, uh, marriage. It all goes hand in hand with one another, and it is what makes our life worth living. Our companion is the person that we cling to when all else is falling apart, and the person that we want to be with no matter what. So let's talk a little bit about that. Um, I'm going to ask the prayer today of Frigg or Frigga um, being the all mother. Um, I'm going to ask her for a prayer for me and my wife. And you can share in this if you'd like to. You don't have to. um, But you're more than welcome to. I'm not going to do a reading today. I'm just going to talk about Mother Frigga and how... um, In my life, she's helped me quite a bit. Being the mother of the world must be incredible. You know, right now there's five or six billion people on the earth. And, you know, being the all-mother is quite a daunting task for some of us moms who are, I'm not us moms, but I'm a dad. But I know what it's like to have kids. But for moms, you know, even two kids, three kids, or four kids, you know, we look at the Duggars and go, you know, how many kids and counting? Oh my gosh, how does she do it? Imagine being the all mother and listening to all your children having problems consistently and wanting to help them and, you know, wanting to love them, one another. And it's just got to be overwhelming sometimes. So, Ferris Frigg, Fensler's lady, friend of families, matron of marriage, most gracious of goddesses. Hear my hailing. I pray for myself and for her with whom I am handfasted. I pray for peace between our bonds. I pray for our love to last through the long years and all the woes that the world can wish on us to dwindle and fade. I pray for patience on both our parts that we may salve each other with sight and love. Every time I return to the haven of home, yet most of all I ask for aid when anger burns and baleful words come forth to fire at each other. False suspicions help us to turn once again to trust and come with courtesy to the table to talk and to find a fair road to walk through love and honor and cherishing one another. O Frank, who keeps our knotted cord, show us the shared road through the thorns. Hail Frigg. Hey guys, 
Joe here from the Modern Heathen Man. How are you guys tonight? I hope I'm meeting you well. Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys, while I'm out traveling, it's not always feasible to carry my whole big altar box with me. So sometimes I like a little something in my pocket. And I found a great place to get that from. That's Odin's Beard Woodworking. Great little place out there. It makes small little pocket altars for you with candles and um, gods and everything in them, little sayings and such. Wonderful work that this man does. Cars everything by hand. He has a couple things going on here. He has little pocket altars that I'm talking about for $25. He has small D poles of five to six inches for $40, seven to eight inches for $45, nine to 10 for 50, and 11 to 12 for 60. He has 26 different deities to choose from and more coming every day. Your choices right now are Odin, Thor, Tyr, Loki, Freyr, Balder, Bragi, Hemdall, Njord, Fenrir, Ullr, Vidar, Hermod, Hel, Freya, Ostri, Scotty, Sif, Air, Frigg, Var, Thrud, Idun, Sigun, Ran, and Yord. That's a lot of different gods to choose from. So he can meet anybody's needs. Tell him what you want. You can go ahead and find him at www.odinsbeardwoodworking.com. He also has a Facebook page, and I know he does some stuff live every once in a while that you can actually watch him carve those things. Anyway, give him a good uh, look-see there and see if he has something that you can use. I guarantee his little pocket ultras will come in handy for you. So anyway, thanks, guys. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Hey everyone, I'm back. Thanks for joining me. So recently, I had the opportunity and the honor to hold another hand fasting for someone in my kindred. I always enjoy these because it allows me to be part of the union of two people. I know it sounds really weird, but in the sense that, you know, I may not have helped them find each other. I may not have helped them match make or whatever, but in the end, I helped them become the one that they're going to become. And, you know, I usually talk with people quite a bit through the process of getting ready. Um, they usually contact me almost a year before, and, you know, we talk about what they want in their ceremony, how their ceremony is going to work. And recently, I, I really enjoyed um, working with the bride, and I, I wanted to really concentrate on what I was doing with the hand fasting and, you know, my role in it. And I wanted to really get into it and really I, I was going to write an article about it actually is what I was going to do and instead I'm going to talk about it here so it'll be it'll be nice so um, we talked back and forth for a while um, me and the bride and of course you know we went through a couple different hand fasting ceremonies and things like that and we finally settled on one um, it was a really nice one because um they went to each of the directions, and at each of the directions, they made a sacrifice of mead. Um, but before that, I get into the actual ceremony, I want to talk about some stuff first. So in the preparation with the bride and the groom, I saw a lot of things. I saw anger. I saw frustration. I saw disappointment. I saw um, scare and frightened, and I saw all these different emotions that you would see. 
But the biggest emotion I saw was actually love. And that's really important because love is what drives us to do the thing right and drives us to do the thing proper. Um, the hand fasting cord had to be a certain color and the dress wasn't coming right and different things like that. And all these things were happening. And it's almost a similitude of life because, you know, preparing for that wedding is really your preparation for your marriage. And, you know, I've been with my um, spouse now for almost 15 years and uh, it's been a long time. Not that it's that long. I, I love my wife quite a bit. Um, and I really do love her. I mean, if you've ever seen us together, you know we fight. You know we argue. We really do love each other. Um, but with that said, this preparation of a marriage has a lot of ups and downs. Um, you have to look at those as an open book, you know. As the ups happen, you guys are hand in hand together, and you're really enjoying that. The question, though, is when the downs come, are you still hand in hand together? Are you still sharing that moment with one another? If you're separate and doing things that um, are different than the partner, then you should really be asking yourself, is this the person I want to spend my time with? Because when the chips are down, if you're alone, what does it matter if you have a partner? Only when the, everything's going good. So in that, I'm saying this, is that I got to watch as they began their life together, and I got to watch them be together in the ups, and I got to watch them be together in the downs. And the first down that happened, it's, I don't know how to explain it. It's almost like a learning curve, because most guys, when there's downs, we just go do whatever and, you know deal with it. You know, I don't know how girls deal with downs. I only know what I see. A lot of times they become reclusive. A lot of times they, you know, they cry. It's very emotional. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just a sense of, I don't understand it because I am a man. And those are not the feelings that I absolutely understand. Um, again, I'd love to. I mean, I'd be the greatest man in the world if I could understand women. And honestly, it'd be wonderful for women. But it's not. The reality is I will never understand what it's like to be a woman. So with that said, it was very heartwarming when the second down for their wedding came and they handled it together. That was the moment that I knew that they would make a great couple that it didn't take very long for that learning curve to happen. And it didn't take very long for them to understand that together they're more powerful than they are apart. Um, it was really great. So, um, but the biggest thing I saw, as I said, in creating this wedding was love, the love that they each had for each other and the love that no matter what they were going to be married, um, come, sorry the pun, but come hell or high water, they were going to get married, you know? So either way, with that said, I really enjoyed doing their hand fasting. I really enjoyed the preparation because within that preparation, I was able to see things that most people don't get to see. I mean, I see, you know, you see couples and they're always together. And a lot of times those couples, we put on a show for people to make sure that they understand that we do love each other or, 
you know, we don't, if we're fighting in the background, we don't ever show the Johnsons are fighting in the background. So we'll act like this. So, you know, that, that's not the way we should be. I mean, marriages have fights. Marriages have almost down and out brawls sometime. I know some friends of mine literally, you know, end up in blows, you know, when they're, when they're having their marriage fights, not that that's good, not that's healthy, but it's them and they do what they want to do because I can't say otherwise. But um, to see them in the ups and downs, to watch them argue with each other and um, to watch things happen for her wedding that didn't fit what she wanted, to watch him try to fix those and fail and she was still happy with him, that means a lot. In life, that's what you have. This is how life works. Unfortunately, my wife and I make plans. It all falls apart all the time. <laughs> no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Damn you, Murphy's Law. But yes, so it never works out. If you're newly married, I'm going to tell you right now, don't ever make any plans because it'll never work. Um, and if it does, you're like, oh, my God, it worked. Oh, my God, I can do this. So it's great. Uh, but nine times out of ten, it doesn't. You'll look back, you'll laugh later, and in your old age, you'll remember how angry you were at that moment when it was not working, but how funny it is now. So I remember um, <laughs> when when we were having our first child together, me and my wife, Kelly, um, you know, they told us dates, they told us times, and I, being the, I don't know what you want to call me, I was a Boy Scout leader at the time, and I had a lot of commitments with um, the mayor for my city and some other stuff I was doing. So my commitment level was really thin at the, that point. I was helping a school with some stuff. I was helping some um, things with the city government. I was doing some stuff with the Boy Scouts and I was opening up a, another unit with somebody else and I was the chair of another committee for Boy Scouts and I just had such little time. So my son literally came on the day that I had um, Scoutmaster outdoor training where I was teaching um, maps and compasses and some other stuff and that's the day my son decides that he wants to be born or the doctor decides that he wants to be born and I said to my wife it's time right now really I'm in the middle of teaching how to use a compass and find your way through the woods and I remember thinking to myself at first, I was like, man, this this sucks. Why does it have to happen right now? You know, and then, you know, luckily I was in Boy Scouts because a lot of the older scouter men, this was all adults at the time that were together, a lot of the older scouting gentlemen were like, oh, you're having a baby? Let's go pack you up. And they were really excited for me, you know, and the one guy I could see that I was kind of, you know, frustrated and you know, he pulled me aside and said, listen, man, life is not about what you can do or how you look in front of people. Life is about those moments that you can never replace. Those moments that'll stick in your head forever. And he goes, Joe, I guarantee you this day will be one of those days in your life that will never vanish from your memory. No matter how old you get, no matter how much you do, you will always remember your first baby boy being born. You'll remember what you were doing because of all this going on and because of everything happening that you think is going wrong will be in the back of your head consistently 
and you will never forget it. It will make a memory that you'll never have to worry about forgetting. And, you know, I, I took those words to heart, and it's true. I mean, today I talk a lot about the day that uh, my son was born and what I was doing and what we were doing the night before. And those memories are fun because they were with adults and they were Boy Scout things. And it felt good because I was doing something for my community. But in the same token, it felt even better because I was getting ready to have my first son. And with that said, you know, my wife has, my wife and I have our ups and downs and, you know, the kids don't always listen and nothing really works out for us. We're doing stuff, but we do love each other and we get along really well. And, um, it's a joy marriage sometimes. Um, I always talk about parenting and say it's the best, worst job you'll ever have in your life. Well, being a husband is the same thing. The best, worst job you'll ever have in your life. Um, so I'm going to take a break here for a moment, grab myself something to drink, and uh, I'll be right back. Uh, see you in a moment. Hey guys, this is Joe at Modern Heathen Man. How are you all today? Hoping you're having a good and uh, great day. Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys about this YouTube channel that I found called Midgard Musings. It's by a man named Jesse and it is incredible. He has new videos uploaded on the channel every Sunday night and he has a live Facebook stream every Sunday at 7 p.m. Um, Central Standard Time. Midgard Musings' goal is to help build heathen communities around the world with educational content and laid-back fun manner. He values the historical aspect of this path and uses it to help us grow and develop as heathens in modern times. So if you've been a heathen for a while or just brand new to it, definitely check it out. It's something worthwhile. If you'd like to support Midgard Musings by subscribing to youtube.com forward slash Midgard Musings, following on Facebook and purchasing merchandise from the Teespring and Redbubble Red stores. Redbubble, say that three times. All of which can be found on the YouTube channel video description. Midgard Musing also offers handmade driftwood rune sets for sale, and the purchase of these items help support the channel. Just to touch base on that a little bit, I actually own one of those rune sets. They are incredibly nice, good feel, wonderful stuff, good power within them. I'm telling you, worthwhile checking out. So please head on over to Midgard Musings, like and subscribe to the channel, and follow on Facebook and on YouTube at facebook.com slash Midgard Musings and youtube.com slash Midgard Musings. M-I-D-G-A-R-D-N-U-S-I-N-G-S will find you that Midgard Musings. Thanks, guys, and have a great day. Hey everyone, I'm back with the Modern Heathen Man. This is Joe. We're talking today about hand fasting, wedding, and marriage. Okay. So now you're going to ask me, you know, what does this all have to do with being a heathen? Well, as heathens, we understand the concept of oaths, promises, and binding. When we take our hand fasting, we are binding ourselves literally to another person. We are doing what we have to do to um, 
become one with that person. In the hand fasting ceremony that I did, the actual um, thing says, the Gothi raps the ground soundly three times with the rune staff, and a strong voice says, I call upon blank. If you desire a sacred and binding union and vows made before us all, Come now through the portal of this sacred wedding circle. You say that once the bride, you say that once the groom. You are telling them that once they come into that circle, they are going to be bound by the promise they make, by the oath that they give, and have them understand that this is the same as an oath that you would give when you're in the middle of a sumble. Okay? You take up water and you anoint each of them. You fill a horn with mead, picking up the mead horn. You'd, uh, you guide them to the four points of the circle. And it says, you begin your journey of life shared, bound together by the vows of this rite. Many are the years you will share, and countless moons may you watch together. If you keep your vows... Your sacred trust. Happy will be the number of your days. You then begin to make sacrifices to the four corners. The north, north street, south street, east street, and west street. Okay? And at each one you talk about different things. Like the past being in flames. And the flames of the future igniting your passion for one another. Reflections of love that you see in each other's souls. Um putting your roots down and actually beginning a family one to another, okay? Sharing a happy home. And at this point, the bride and groom then face each other and have the oath ring with them. And they look at each other and they begin to vow to each other, Beloved, I seek to know you. And ask of the gods and goddesses, that I be given the wisdom to see you as you are and love you as a mystery. That's really important there. It leads us to understand that we will never truly understand one another. We'll try our hardest to understand one another, but we can never do that. But as long as we love one another, it'll surpass all misunderstandings. I will take joy in you. I delight in the love of you. You are to me the whispering of the tides, the seduction of the summer's heat. You are my friend, my lover. Grow old and wise with me as I will do with you. A life before us of rainbows and sunsets and a willingness to share in happiness and sadness. I love you. In that, this is the promise that these betrothed are making to each other with the ring in hand. They're then bound again, and they hold the ring, and I ask them each, do you take your chosen and beloved mate, and I say their name, to your lawfully wedded completion 
tab and to hold from this day forward, for better or worse, rich or poor, in sickness and health, until death will you part. Will you keep your love and trust, caring for and cherishing your beloved? Will you keep the promise of this right? They each give their affirmation. I then pronounce the man and wife. They kiss each other. And then afterwards, we fill a horn with mead. And we as heathens bless and sanctify the union. And say, may this mead you now share, bless this union, sanctify it to our gods, goddesses, ancestors, friends and family, and those around us. They then take the mead and they are bound together. They take the oath and they're made one. They are made husband and wife at that point. There's a couple of different blessings that work really well at this point. Today you're holding the hands of your best friend, young and strong and full of love for you. As you promise to love each other forever on your wedding day. These are the hands that will work alongside yours as together you build your future. These are the hands that will passionately love and cherish you through the years and will comfort you like no other. These are the hands that will hold you when fear or grief fills your mind. These are the hands that will wipe tears from your eyes, tears of sorrow and tears of joy. These are the hands that will tenderly hold your children. These are the hands that will help you hold your family together as one. These are the hands that will give you strength when you need it. And these are the hands that, when wrinkled and aged, will still be reaching for yours. These are the hands that will last hold you as you say goodbye to this world. And express the same tenderness they do today with just a touch. Such beautiful, beautiful words. But in that, we hear the oath and how important it is for us to understand how life is full of ups and downs and that marriages are the same way. And I'm not talking about this today because I have something going on in my marriage or anything like that. It's just something that in my meditation came up. And I don't know if someone needs to hear it or what or what's going on, but... Um, I was told in the meditation that this is what I need to talk about today. So I've I've been married twice, actually. Um, it didn't work out with my first wife at all. But we are still friends because even though it didn't work out with us, I don't believe that people should hate each other because they fall out of love. I, I don't know how to explain it any better. It just didn't work for my wife and I. I don't know my first wife and I. I don't know if we rushed it or what or something happened, but there was something in there that just went awry and didn't fit. And, you know, I don't want to say this and sound rude, but I'm kind of happier now. Um, not that it's mean that I'm saying that, you know, I'm happy without her because she's actually still a part of my life. She, she gets to meet my kids and stuff like that. And we've actually remained good friends, um, close friends, if you will, um, just not husband and wife any longer. And, you know, that says a lot for both of us because we understand that even though we made that bond, we may not be husband and wife, but we 
we still, I want to say this and not sound weird, but we still are somewhat bound to each other in the sense that we owe it to each other to still be part of each other's lives and still rejoice when something good happens to one of us or, you know, um, support when something bad happens to one of us or just be there for each other when um, it's needed. So, you know, with that said, we, we have to look at our lives and really understand that oath that we're making to one another and how it affects the future as well. I mean, and this may not work for everyone and it may not be perfect for everybody out there, but this is what worked for me. And this is how um, I live my life. I believe that my life is shared with those around me, whether you come to my life in the beginning or you come to my life right now, but I believe in sharing my life with those people. And I believe once we make those bonds, those bonds are our oaths to keep. So, with that said, that's just how that works out. So give me a moment here, and I will come right back and talk a little bit more about marriage and the heathen way and what it means to us as heathens. So give me a moment. I'll be right back. Joe here from the Modern Heathen Man. I was looking for some new stuff for my beard, and I was looking around, and I wanted something my wife would like as well. I was looking for a good product that didn't leave my beard feeling greasy, that nourished it and kept it moist, and had a good scent to it as well. Um, so in discussing with my wife, we tried a few different things, and I found this wonderful heathen place called Beast Curiosities. Now, they don't just offer beard oil. They have quite a few different products available through them. Um, you definitely want to go ahead and check them out at BeastCuriosities.com. But I specifically tried the beard oil. Um, I tried Hell's Respite. I tried Tears Loyalty. And I tried, give me one second, Yord's Wilderness. All of these were really great beard oils. They all had wonderful scents that lasted a long time and would stay with me throughout the whole day. They nourished my beard and kept it good. And they also made it that it felt nice and was good to smell. And other people around me liked it quite a bit. So when you actually get in their oils, they tried really hard to produce an oil that does what it says it's going to do while nourishing your beard as well. They tried a few products so they got the great one together and they call it their magical beard oil i will tell you it is magical it smells great even after going to the pool with my wife for about three hours my beard still smelled great and felt great so with that said i'm going to tell you to go ahead and check them out again they're not only beard oil but beast curiosity is a place you want to go beastcuriosities.com you can also email him and check out his products at beast at beastcuriosities.com. They have a Twitter account at bscuriosities, and you can also find them on Facebook at facebook.com slash beastcuriosities. You definitely want to go out and get some of this if you have a beard. It is a wonderful product, something great to use. My wife and her friends all love this product quite a bit. So go ahead and get it if you get a chance, guys. It's a wonderful product. Thank you, guys, and have a great day.
Hey everyone, I'm back and I got some water. So I took a break, I apologize. So now we've talked about the ups and downs of marriage. We talked about oath. We talked about basically what it means um, for us as heathens. It's a it's binding, it's an oath, it's a this down anything. What do we do when it doesn't work? Well, this is the part that's gonna be hard. And this is the part that most of us don't understand, you know. But there are times that our relationships do not work out. Um, if we're oath and bound to that person, I think the first thing we have to do is seek the gods and ask them to release us from that bond. We need to seek our ancestors and ask our ancestors to release us from that bond. And if we're a part of a kindred, we need to consult with our Godi and ask to be released from that bond. Um, the bonds of marriage are bound like everything else. And um, what I'm going to say is that I know all marriages don't always work out. I mean, I'm an adult. I understand that. And, you know, I'm 47 years old. And as I said, I was married once before. Um, ideally, we hope that everybody stays married forever. And we hope that it's the first time and last time you ever get married. But realistically, we know that, you know, we live in the real world and that doesn't always happen. So, with that said, as heathens, we have to release ourselves from that bond. We have to make offerings to the gods and tear um, to release us from those bonds so that we are free and clear when we come into the next one, um, if there is a next one, that we are not breaking that oath by making this oath and so on and so forth. And it's a little more complicated for us as heathens than it is for those that are, you know, of different faiths. I mean, when I got divorced, it's just a piece of paper saying I was divorced. And honestly, I mean, America views marriage as almost a business agreement where you're incorporating with one another and to dissolve that incorporation. You have to go through a court hearing to dissolve it, split your assets and get a notarized or court-ordered piece of paper saying that that um, partnership is now dissolved. This is why you need a marriage license, because you have to have, it's almost a business license, I'll be honest with you, to, to melt two incomes together. And, you know, it's really sad that it's come down to that, but the reality is this, and that's all there is to it. So it's almost looked upon like that, and that's why we do it in that fashion. But as heathens, it's a little different. We follow that one, plus we have our own, which again is those oaths and those bindings and those things that we've made, the promises we have to our ancestors and to our gods and to our friends and to our kindred and to everybody else. And we have to look at those very seriously in the sense that um, we've made them. I mean, I think a lot of times today people don't understand the idea behind an oath because we're so easily breaking them every single day in America. They're very easy to break. I mean, we have a constitution with our government. It's a piece of paper that says we're allowed to do this. And our government decides, oh, I'm going to break that by making this law. And then it's a huge fight to, you know, to prove that it is or isn't that. And, you know, years down the road, they may say, oh, well, this is unconstitutional. Well, for years we followed that. So we broke that oath for the, that many years. And now we have to go back to doing it the other way. No, I'm sorry. No, whatever. Oh, uh, that's foul. I'm sorry. My foul. My bad. I didn't mean to do that. And, you know, it won't happen again. Now we both learned a lesson. 
you know, and it's not right. It's not proper. It's not the way it should be done because we understand oaths. We understand giving oaths, receiving oaths, making oaths and honoring them. Um, one of the worst things you could be as a heathen is an oath breaker. We all know that. So with that all said, you know, we, we don't want to do that. We want to do it the right way. So how do we go about that? And as I said, we make an offering to the gods. You know, first we make an offering to Frigg uh, and ask her to release us from this bond, being the all-mother. You know, she understands what it's like to be married. She understands, you know, the concept of it. And so do some of the other gods. Um, we asked them to be released from the bond because they witnessed it. We asked here to show justice and honor uh, in doing that and to help us to not become too, I don't want to say angry or upset or whatever at the situation, just to deal with the situation as it is and, you know, move beyond it. So um, we want to be honorable in our in our divorce as well. As heathens, we want to show honor and we want to show steadfastness at things and show that we are not the type of person who does rash or, you know, irrational moves and things like that. So we take our time and make sure that we're doing everything properly. And when we do that, we honor ourselves. We honor our path. We honor our kindred, we honor our gods, we honor our ancestors by being that, by by showing how we can do that gracefully, honorably, and, you know, it, it may hurt, it may be, you know, misunderstood, it may not be what you're wanting to do, but we definitely have to ask to release from the bonds. Um, even if you're the person that didn't want the divorce, you can no longer keep that oath because it could mean legal ramifications if you keep going back to that and other things like that. And what I'm saying is, you know, be honorable in what you're doing. Just remember who you are. Remember who your ancestors are. Remember who your gods are. And just be an honorable person. If someone's asking you to release them from that bond and you can do that, be honorable and do so. So... As heathens, you know, it's a little different. It's not much different. Marriage is marriage is marriage is marriage. Women will always be women and men will always be men. Um, and that's not an excuse. I'm just saying that because we are who we are. And believe me, your fight in marriage and your plight in marriage, you're not the first. <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story one time. Um, I was at a function and it was like a dinner. And we were honoring these two people that had been married, I want to say, for 65 years. They were together. And I remember their last name was Hausman. And I remember looking over, and I was a very young man. I think I was probably 14 or 15 at the time, maybe even 16. But either way, I looked at Mr. Hausman, and I said to him, you know, you know, everybody's talking, and, and I said, you know, Mr. Hausman, what is your secret to such a long-lasting marriage? He looked at me and goes, what? I said, what is your secret to such a long-lasting marriage with your wife? I mean, I'm, I'm only, I forgot how old I was, but I said, I'm only this old, and if I want to be with my wife, my future wife, for a long time, what is the secret? 
he leaned over to me and looked around and he said, real serious, a gradual loss of hearing, son. A gradual loss of hearing. And in that, you know, I laughed and everybody else laughed and we got a good, good sense of humor out of it. As I'm growing older, I'm understanding what he means. You know, the outside world needs to become less noisy and I need to listen to my heart rather than my mind. Because sometimes my mind sees things or hears things or, you know, dwells on things that are not what they are. You know, I might see my wife interact with someone at work and I think, oh man, or, you know, is she flirting with him? Why would she be flirting with him? And, you know, it, it bothers me inside, you know, and it eats away at me. And in reality, my wife is just being nice to this person. And, you know, even if she is flirting, she's a woman. And, I mean, I'm not saying they're going to go off and have you know, relations with each other and, you know, she's not going to leave me for him. But in my mind, that could be what's going on. I need to stop listening to that and start listening to my heart, how it knows that she is my wife and I trust her 100% no matter what. Um, and lately, my wife and I have grown a lot stronger with one another because I'm starting to listen to my own advice. <laughs> I know that sounds really weird, but um, in counseling other people, you know, I've given quite a bit of advice, and sometimes we're the hardest people to listen to our own advice. So I started listening to my own advice in our marriage, and yes, we still have our problems. Like I was all grumpy this morning because my back hurt and I wasn't feeling well, and you know, I had to get up and take my wife to work early today, and I was like, and I was up to like. 3 a.m. last night because of my back hurting. So, yeah, I was grumpy and my wife was gracious and she just kind of brushed me off. And I could tell it was bothering her that I was being grumpy. But, you know, she didn't say anything when she got out of the car. She said, I love you. And I said, yeah, I love you too. Have a good day. And I went off, you know, and I've come to do this podcast. But, you know, it's what was in my meditation this morning for a bit and where I was thinking about and you know, we all need to hear this sometimes. You know, we we get the world that makes so much noise around us that we need that gradual loss of hearing to hear the inside heart that's calling for the person that we love. Um, I try to remember anymore the time that my wife and I first met, uh, how I made her row a boat, uh, call center we worked at just for something stupid and fun. I'll have to tell you about that one day, but that was a really fun day. It was exciting. It was, you know, this, it was that, it was anything. But I remember, you know, asking her out and she said, yeah, and the nervousness that was with that and the angst and everything else. And, you know, later we got married and I remember the day we were married and we were late to our wedding and, you know, things were not working out again. Damn you, Murphy. Things are not working out, but um, it all makes for great memories, and it all works out in the end, and, and her and I are together. So if you need to hear this today, here it is. Um, the gods told me to put this out there for you, so I hope you get to hear it today. Um, if you're hearing this some other time and the gods led you here, then hail the gods for doing so, and hail you. And I want to hail each and every one of you that are married or each and every one of you that are going to be married. And 
tell you it, it's it's a road, it's a path. And I talk a lot about a path being our own and how we're on that path for a while. And sometimes people jump on, sometimes people jump off. But our significant other is there for quite a while. And the day they leave our path is the day that we feel like our path is empty. And I don't look forward to the day I have to say goodbye to my wife, but I know that I love her and I try to make as much fun as I can for both of us. And in the end, I hope the good outweighs the bad. I hope the happy outweighs the sad. And I definitely hope the laughter outweighs the crying. So with that said, I will let you all go. Tell you all have a great day. Hail you, hail your wedding, hail your marriage. Hail each other. Um, today, go take some time and do a ceremony with your wife if you get a chance or something like that. And you all can have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to The Modern Heathen Man. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach me on themodernheathenman at gmail.com. You can sign on the Facebook and go to the page The Modern Heathen Man. Or you can go on Twitter to The Modern Heathen Man. Write your comments, write your concerns, write your ideas there. Or if you really want to, um, you just get on my app, anchor.fm, and um, send me a voice message. Also, I'm looking for sponsors for as little as 99 cents a month. You can sponsor this podcast. Help me out and help me do some things I need to do. I need to get some better equipment so I sound better for you um, and some other stuff to really start boosting my podcast. I try to do one of these each and every day, and I'm running out of time to do them. So, but either way, um, this is the 56th episode or something like that. So I look forward to coming to you tomorrow. I want to thank you all for joining me, and hail you for listening. Hail you for wanting to be a better heathen. Um, hail to you today. It's his day, justice, honor, and legalities. So thank you all so much. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.